Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Brianna, and welcome or welcome back to Fresh Off the Brook. Fresh Off the Brook is about personal experiences growing up Asian American in a predominantly white community, Asian media, and Asian pop culture in general. Race has always been a sensitive topic. Every day, there are debates over race. With our podcast, we intend to shed light on the experiences of first-generation Asian immigrants, not put them on a pedestal. We understand that race isn't everything, but there should be an acknowledgement of people of color, the knowledge gap, and the racial divide that will ideally be broken. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. Today's topic is the bamboo ceiling. So, Rihanna, would you like to tell our listeners what that means? I would. So, if you're wondering, what is the bamboo ceiling? It is a phenomenon in STEM fields where Asians are basically barred from promotions and big roles. And from the Wikipedia definition, the term bamboo ceiling was coined and popularized in 2005 by Jane Hyun in Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling, Career Strategies for Asians, a book that she wrote, where she addresses the barriers faced by many Asian Americans in the, in the professional arena, such as stereotypes and racism. The bamboo ceiling, as defined by Jane Hyun herself, is a combination of individual, cultural, and organizational factors that impede Asian Americans' career progress inside organizations. Mm-hmm. And a side note, in case you haven't uh, made the connection yet in your head, the bamboo ceiling is essentially the Asian version of the quote-unquote gas, <laughs> gas ceiling, no, <laughs> the glass ceiling used generally when speaking about women and other historically like oppressed or marginalized groups. It's mm-hmm. the same concept, but a more general umbrella. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, have you heard of the term bamboo ceiling before? Because personally, um, before we planned this episode, I hadn't really heard specifically of the term bamboo ceiling I knew I like I knew it was a thing in my mind and I knew Uh of the glass ceiling but I didn't realize that there was an actual term used right I think I can't say that I'm I'm super well versed or like well read on the bamboo ceiling but I have heard or seen it once or twice Mm. briefly but not, I don't have, or I guess I, I didn't come into this with a super in-depth understanding of it. It was kind of like you, except I, had, I guess I had been slightly more exposed to it. Mm. Like I'd seen, I'd come across like an article or two, or maybe even an Instagram post where it said, bamboo ceiling, something, something. Mm, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to put a name to something because it makes it, it kind of legitimizes it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. And I don't know, I guess, because sometimes you don't know if it's just your personal perception or if it's a thing. And then if it's also a thing that many people are familiar with or Mm -hmm. have experienced themselves Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be all the shared experience (laughs) but like it's kind of that that, yeah for sure that 
general feeling. Mm-hmm. When it comes to talking about the bamboo ceiling, I feel like it always kind of goes back to stereotypes about Asians, especially the also popular model minority myth and similar things. Because, I mean, it's very interesting, right? Because there's on one hand the bamboo ceiling where Asians are barred from promotions or from, I guess, let's just say, achieving their full potential. But then there's the stereotype that they're supposed to be super successful, super smart, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so how do these two things exist at the same time, right? It doesn't really make sense. And if we look back at the history of the model minority myth, the term itself, model minority, was first, or is, is I guess known to be first termed back in the 60s by a sociologist named William Peterson at UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And he was using the term model minority in a New York Times article where he was praising Japanese Americans and their ability to succeed in the U.S. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, it's always very strange how the model minority myth is used because it seems like it's used as a way to put down other races to say, hey, if you, because it furthers the whole thing about capitalism where if you just work hard, you'll succeed or like, hey, American dream, you just got to work and get there. And then they use the quote-unquote model minority to say, hey, these people aren't white and they can do it. So racism doesn't exist. Mm. And it's it's always very iffy because then it creates animosity Mm -hmm. among people of color. Mm -hmm. And then it's also... I, I guess using Asians as a scapegoat uh-huh. or as a, I'm, I don't know what the term would be, guinea pig, scapegoat, fall guy. The group that you throw under the bus. Yeah, or the the one, it's strange because they're on a pedestal, but also under the bus, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're simult- simultaneously on the bus and under the bus. Yeah, and it's very condescending because mm-hmm. you're saying, wow, look at these Japanese Americans. Or, wow, look at these Asian Canadians or Asian Australians or whatever. And saying, see, if they can do it, then you're the problem. Because mm-hmm. they're Asian. And then, oh my gosh, I don't know if I ever mentioned this. But I had a supply teacher once in middle school. It was so weird. And the thing is, it kind of sucked to hear because he was such, in my mind at the time, he was such a sweet 
and wholesome supply teacher. He's one of those supply teachers that you see often because just one of the go-to people, right? Uh uh And one time him and my teacher teacher, because this is like kind of a side thing, but I, I my class was in a weird setup where we had a teacher in the morning and a teacher in the afternoon for the same class, which mm. I don't know. Okay, if you don't go to, I don't know how all the different school systems work around the world. Yeah. But here, public school in Canada, we have homeroom or I guess when you're in elementary school and middle school you have your teacher like your homeroom teacher that's the teacher that you're with for most of the day they teach you Mm -hmm. most of the things Mm -hmm. but for some reason my class had a morning homeroom teacher and an afternoon homeroom teacher Hmm. yeah and so that's why we had a supply teacher and my teacher was still there or one of them was still there but anyway they were talking and I happen to sit next to the teacher's desk or close to the teacher's desk, so I can always hear what what anyone sitting there is saying. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about students or talking about well, students in general. And then I think I don't know why. I think I might have asked them something or I did something, and then I started talking about me, and they started talking about me in the most disturbing way because it was oh, very. They were well. They were pray. They were praising me. They were talking about me in a positive way, but it was very much in like a oh, like Asian. Like, oh, mm. like, I always like, especially the supply teacher said something along the lines of like, I always like the Asian students. Oh God, I've heard that before. They're, they're so good. Like, like this Asian girl in your class, like blah, blah. so well behaved. It made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Ugh, that's awful. Yeah, I know. I come in. I thought I thought you were like a a cute, wholesome. Yeah. And like, yeah. it sucks because a lot of people don't understand why that's harmful to say. Because it's like, what? Like, I'm just, I'm being nice, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's like you you don't understand how many bad things you are perpetuating right now. How many yeah. issues that this statement has amongst everybody else besides you yeah it's really tough because it's been promoted and I guess it's lasted so long it's mm-hmm. this thing yeah where people don't know that they're being I don't know if I want to say the word I don't know if I want to say malicious but they don't know that they're doing something bad Harm. yeah because verbally it doesn't sound like a bad thing yeah for to sure say that Asians are smart. Like you're complimenting someone, technically. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, there was always an iffy situation. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Asians are considered a model minority because of the quiet, submissive. I hate saying that word, but it's true. I know, me too. The stereotype of Asians being submissive and hardworking. Uh, high achieving in like STEM fields and non-confrontational and being passive. That's why we're considered a model minority. And even though, as we've been talking about, it does seem harmless 
in the short term because you know technically like it's a compliment you could argue it's a compliment I'm saying good thing it almost cages us into like we're, we're gonna be stuck because we're considered almost like a, a white man's counterpart or like a white man's sidekick in a way or like the equivalent to the white man in a POC environment but yeah, there's no yeah. there's no benefit of the white privilege that we're that we have so we're, we're just stuck no place to grow essentially stuck because of the bamboo ceiling yeah and it's strange because i mean one thing so this i guess falls under more the glass ceiling but there people have talked about how when companies talk about diversifying and getting more diverse employees mm-hmm. or just like members of the company you'll notice that the the highest part of the company usually doesn't really change maybe it changes ever so slightly there's an extra woman or an extra person mm-hmm. of color. but for the most part the diversity happened at the lowest link of the food chain or the, mm-hmm. the lowest section of the pyramid of the company mm-hmm. it's always the like disposable and it's always bothered people. me yeah because there's not actually any change happening essentially and i also don't really like when you're applying for a job and then even though they say it's optional there's there might be a part where they ask you your ethnic identity yeah. or your your sexuality or things like that mm-hmm. and then there's the little statement that says we're committed to upholding an equitable and diverse mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I can't remember what they say but like they're just committed I guess yeah. it's always that word we're committed to having yeah. a diverse workplace and, or a, a workforce that's like representational of it's whatever it's a little odd some some of these questions especially I remember my friend she the other day was just saying why are they asking me who I'm attracted to <laughs> the mm. way the way she put it was I mean yeah she's right it's it feels very like we're so like, are you, we're are searching for the token. <laughs> yeah. It it just gives quota vibes. Like, hey, if we if we get five Asian in the company or five people of color in the company, then hey, we we did it. That's that's the goal. We're gonna look diverse. And hey, if we have three women on this board of fifty men, we're gonna look like we support equality and equal opportunity for women. So before we were talking about putting a name to this apologies for saying it shared experience <laughs> well we're gonna put numbers to this now mm-hmm. so 
in a study done by the Ascend Foundation, which is a, a nonprofit that advocates for Pan-Asians in North America, they found that white men are 192% more likely to be execs over Asian men and white women are 134% more likely to be exact over Asian women. And I mean, I could have guessed that, but I appreciate having numbers mm -hmm. to back things up. Because I feel like the thing is sometimes people, they, they don't believe it until it's proven to them mm -hmm. in the same way that there are people that say, oh, racism doesn't exist. Yeah. A number is a good, like, frame of reference mm -hmm. to have. Yeah, I always appreciate it. Mm -hmm. 192%. That's a crazy number. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's also um, some stats from the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, they found that in 2010, the Asian American population accounts for about like 5.6 of the total population in the U.S., but only 0.3 of corporate office populations. 0.3? Yeah, 0.3. That's wow. in 2010, so that's pretty outdated, um, which is weird to say, but... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm sure the number's higher now, but 2010, like, that was a, like, relatively that was a while ago, but to me, like, that doesn't feel like it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. It definitely, relative to, like, diversity and, like, the history of POC and Asians in America, that's not a long time ago whatsoever. To have mm -hmm. 5.6 of the population, but 0.3 of corporate office populations. Yeah. And here's the thing, or I know y'all or you've heard us mention America and North America, and we're not purposely taking information from mm -hmm. those regions. The issue is that so this conversation kind of sparked in America and then there's mm -hmm. also that like really prominent Asian American population I don't know yeah a prominent because here Asian Canadians I don't know the the perception or the the way that like Asian Canadians are not the same as Asian Americans I feel like Asian Americans have such a For every one, I don't know, Asian American YouTuber, mm. there, or I guess for every 100 Asian American YouTubers, there might be two Asian Canadian YouTubers. Mm. And I mean, think about it. Name, <laughs> name all the Asian YouTubers you know right now. <laughs> You're probably mostly thinking of American ones. And then yeah. the, Can the Canadian one you know might just be like Le Lena Dong. Yeah, pretty much. And so it's a 
overrepresentation, or I guess there's just more information about Asian Americans. And so that's yeah. what we are using, because that's what we, that's what is showing up. Mm -hmm. Like, there's definitely issues elsewhere. However, like, the issue was so bad that it's not even being talked about at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, at least in North America, there is, it's starting, like, the conversation is starting. It exists a little bit. Yeah, here's another um, <laughs> stat. So, <laughs> according to a study of the 25 largest Bay Area companies, Bay Area companies in the U.S., and that's a that's a pretty Asian area. Yes, that is Asian. Like Bay Area is known to be an Asian area. So, 25 of the largest companies in the Bay Area, 12 had no board members of Asian descent, and five had no corporate officers of Asian descent. That's Bay Area. <laughs> Wow. Oh, and then to wow. <laughs> <laughs> We've touched on this a little bit, but there is an important aspect of intersectionality in terms of being Asian American and being a woman or just your gender identity in general. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a Next Shark article that we have linked in the description that discusses how Asian American women are not being promoted to executive management positions. And this is specific to Asian American women. Keyword women. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the stereotype about being passive and docile is mm -hmm. definitely applied more to Asian women. Mm -hmm, for sure. Because of the whole the multitude of very creepy stereotypes applied to Asian women. Mm -hmm. and their behavior and also their appearance mm -hmm. and you know not to discredit the fact that the whole like passive quiet stereotype applies to all Asians in general but you cannot deny that uh, Asian women in particular get the short end of the short end of the stick <laughs> the short end of the short end honestly yeah that's a good way of putting it mm -hmm difficult when there's different layers to this and like we're not trying to be like oh like women have it harder like again we're not pitting I mean, people against each other they do um but again it's not supposed to be like intersectionality wars yeah yeah that's yeah just we have to be aware of these things yeah <laughs> and acknowledge and them if we go deeper, there's the discussion about disability. Mm -hmm, for sure. And like and other gender identities. Mm -hmm. Ageism. Mm -hmm. You name it. Mm -hmm. Very 
multi-dimensional issue. Mm-hmm. And again, very difficult, but the first step into breaking the bamboo ceiling is to have a conversation and acknowledge it. You cannot fix the problem unless you know that there is a problem in the first place and you acknowledge the problem. I think it's really important to, so I don't like, and I mean, many people don't like this, the idea of saying, okay, let's hire two Asian people and then we're creating more opportunity for Asian. Because it's very, like I was saying, very quota-like, and then you're not really, you're actually like throwing a Band-Aid on a gaping, like a wound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, it helps to hire more Asians, but then it's just for the sake of it, and then it's very performative and everything. And in order to help give equal access and opportunity to any marginalized group, I think it it helped to, I don't know, promote education. It helps to promote them their exposure to an industry. Mm-hmm. Say there's a big underrepresentation of certain marginalized communities in law. Rather than just throwing a lawyer from that from that community to join your firm, I think the the root is more, hey, how can we get more people into law? Or how do we, what's stopping them? Like yeah. what's stopping people that are interested? Like what's stopping marginalized individuals that are interested in law from pursuing it? Is it a financial thing? Is it, is it an exposure thing? Mm-hmm. This These are ways to attack the problem from the root rather than just being like hey this person already made it we're gonna invite them to this thing and then everyone invites the same person mm-hmm. because they're the only one mm-hmm. okay. mm-hmm. as i said earlier the way to start breaking this bamboo ceiling in this phenomenon is to start to have conversations like these. And we are very curious. Have you personally experienced the bamboo ceiling yourself? You know? Did you know about the bamboo ceiling? Before? Yeah, did you know? Um, I'm did sure- you think we were talking about bamboo architecture? <laughs> that would be sick. But also I wouldn't want to break it. Just, it would this be whole video like was a... about our hatred of bamboo architecture. That's so untrue. I love bamboo architecture. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, if that was the case, this episode would just be like, "Hey, look at this. This is cool." 
<laughs> this is this is not actually how we feel about the the phenomenon of the bamboo ceiling. Not a Would hey, look at this. Would anyone like us to do an episode on bamboo ceilings? Literally, I'm gonna leave a comment on this episode and say yes. <laughs> I would it's like gonna to be us that. scrolling and looking at images and bamboo ceiling. Yeah, it's just gonna be a slideshow that you guys listen to us just be like, "Ooh, that yeah. one's nice." <laughs> and then we don't even describe the images. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we don't show. Feeling. We don't show pictures on the YouTube video. We it's just us like talking about it and no description. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're secretly listening in on our phone call. Yeah, POV. Like, oh, wow. But yes, the very serious phenomenon of the bamboo ceiling. Let us know if you've experienced it. Have you seen it happen? Maybe it's happened to like your parents or a friend. An enemy. <laughs> yeah did that make you change your mind about that enemy or were you like mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> at least it's not me <laughs> imagine they think he sucks to be you i mean like if you're both asian hate to break it to you but <laughs> you are no exception mm-hmm. oh my gosh if they weren't asian and they were thinking that that's just kind of yeah you're <laughs> why are you here i mean <laughs> yikes like maybe you're listening to hear a different perspective but again <laughs> <laughs> anyways as always thank you so much for tuning in we kind of already started doing this but <laughs> feel free to leave a comment about any experiences you have with the bamboo ceiling and knowledge what are your thoughts what do you think we should do or what can be done episode and want to stay connected with us check out our website in the description it contains links to our streaming platforms such as spotify anchor apple podcasts and more follow us for more behind the scenes content announcements and other random things we decide to put on there see you next time bye